0: Welcome to Two Broke for Therapy. I'm Stephen Baker and I'm sitting here with my co-host... Benjamin Simons, back in the game. Back in the game, straight from Coachella. Back from the desert
1: with the nice desert lungs. <laughs> the desert? <It> was great. <laughs> you were kind of sick, huh? Uh, that could be a definite yes.
0: A definite yes? Would you say, would you attribute it to the desert?
1: 50-50.
0: 50-50?
1: Being on the desert and just all the shenanigans, running around outside all day long and... You know, just being at Coachella with that many people.
0: Doing yeah. the Coachella thing, touching bodies, dancing, dancing. Grooving. Yeah, it's it's an intense atmosphere to like try to have fun in. Oh, it's 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 almost overwhelming
1: to a point because there's just so much stimulation everywhere. Yeah. You got music, you got people, you got Instagram models, and they're photographers, you got yeah. celebrities. <laughs> That's
0: the thing. Did you run into any celebrities? Did you see anybody?
1: I did not see Leo and Rihanna, no. Oh, well, that'd be sick. Uh, I did see Instagram models, so they're like semi-famous. We we had a we had an interesting discussion about that. They uh Because they're not like famous enough to like be in the famous crowd. But you still know who they are, kind exactly. of. Exactly. <laughs> so they go hang out in like RVs and stuff.
0: Yeah. I've been in those RVs. What? Yeah, I went... So I've been to Coachella maybe four times. The first time I ever went, we snuck in for Jay-Z. And then Cliff Parks, his dad is like the palm tree king of like the (laughs) desert, the world, I think. And they used to do all the palm trees for Coachella. So Mm. they would get free passes, and Cliff is one of my best friends. And I was always lucky enough for him to give me one. We started getting artist passes, and we would go and hang out in the artist compound. I'd be pretty awkwarded out. I'm not someone who really socializes. Like my photo with Waka Flocka, mm. that was taken in like next to the trailers and stuff like that. Uh, I saw my friend Cliff get addicted to drugs and uh, yeah, other than that, it's a weird yeah, place. Like Exactly.
1: You know, the thing I like it the most about it is that it's a total departure from wherever you're at. Yeah, for sure. You're just in the middle of the desert and that's the only thing really going on there. What was the favorite band that you saw? Mm.
0: Or artists, anything. You can list a couple.
1: I'm just going to say my favorite moment. I made a last minute decision to go see Bauer. Oh, yeah. And Pusha T comes out. Ooh. And I'm a huge Pusha T <gasps> fan since Clips. And I was like, seeing him come out on stage and he did, I don't like, man. He went for it? Oh, yeah. He shut it down. I, that, that was one of my favorite moments of the whole weekend.
0: Did he play in the big Sahara tent?
1: Bauer? It, it was in the Mojave tent or the Goat oh, okay, tent. Cool. It was one of the...
0: Well, I mean, did you have a good time all in all?
1: Oh yeah, I had a blast.
0: How was your birthday? Your actual birthday? My
1: actual birthday. Actual birthday was phenomenal. That was the Saturday of Coachella. That was by far the best day.
0: Really? Who yeah. had mine that day?
1: It was Guns N' Roses that day, and I did not see Guns N' Roses. Did you see Disclosure? I did see Dis- Disclosure. Yeah. It's only my sixth time, I yeah. swear <laughs> I to saw Disclosure.
0: <laughs> That's pretty um, cool.
1: But e- each time you see him, it's just like, yes. I ended the night with R.L. Grime, and that was... That's fun. He played uh, Ultra Light Prayer. Oh yeah. And just like, cut all the lights with just like these side white lights it was just angelic <laughs> uh, how
0: big of a group were you with uh at the house that you stayed at uh
1: shout out to lady let me rent her house it was very it's a great deal yeah she was so nice um there was jesus everywhere felt very protected the whole weekend uh we had about 14 or 15 people staying at the house we made it a good work. number. Yeah. And then when we when we got to the festival, we kind of spread off into smaller groups. And Worst memory. If Did you have a bad moment? Yeah. Uh, I puked in the the porta potty That was not that fun. Smelled smelled horrible.
0: <laughs> Probably helped contribute to the puke. Yeah.
1: Just the constant worrying about some friends doing a little bit too much.
0: I feel that. You just
1: never know if they're going to go overboard or, you know, they just run away and you're like, oh,
0: okay, bye. Another shout out to Cliff Parks. I've been that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had flowers in my hair. I've, I was changed. Uh, definitely, Coachella's great. I'm glad you're back, though. Thank you. And I'm sorry that you're sick, but you'll get better. You're a healthy kid. Exactly. And yeah, other than that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sorry about that little tangent. I didn't even get an intro to the show. But you're listening to Two Broke For Therapy. This is a podcast about us putting our phone down for an hour and a half every week and sitting with one another and talking about our problems and answering your guys's questions and trying to hopefully give you advice. Ben and I sit down and host. Uh, Usually Sam is here to be our producer tonight. He is not here. Mm -hmm. He's working on his own stuff, so go for you. We will have a mix from him at the end of the show, so make sure you stick around for that. But thank you guys for giving us positive feedback on that. I know a lot of you really do like Sam's mixes. And thank you for going back to episodes and just listening to the last 10 minutes again. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of uh, cool stuff coming up with Xander Wave. Uh, Every month we're going to post all of the mixes combined, And put that out as just a single episode on the podcast list so you don't even have to listen to a whole episode. You can just go straight into 40 minutes of his mixes. And we'll be hosting that exclusively from him and maybe have some commentary from him throughout the way as well. So that's a cool new little update, uh, which I talked to Sam about. I haven't really told you that yet. I'm stoked about it. Yeah, and speaking of Sam or Xanderwave, he played a show. He did. He did Burgers, Brews, and Buds
1: out at the Soma Street Food Park right underneath the 101.
0: That's a, it's a cool spot.
1: Oh, awesome spot. It's really great for watching 49ers games, Warriors games, people there. And the food trucks change all the time.
0: Yeah, they're so, never the same. Yeah,
1: great food. Had some amazing udon.
0: Are you sure I, that it was amazing?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was really nice. Uh, I got the curry, the spice up my... The, the sinuses. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I got a falafel. Nice. A falafel, it was pretty good. And, you know, Sam and Don B spun for, what, probably five hours back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty chill time. Every- Shout out to everybody who came out. That was a lot of...
1: That was really nice. Leah from Mirage did a great job organizing it. For sure.
0: So, yeah, I'm really glad that you're back, like I said. And let's kind of dive into it. Uh, we have... I have an update on my goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have an update on your goal. I know you're about to uh, maybe say something, so I'll just go into my... Uh, I haven't eaten meat in three days. Whoa. No cheese three days. Nice. So I've really cut back. I haven't really been drinking beer. I haven't had a beer in a week. I have been drinking wine, so I have been drinking. But mm. cutting back on beer, I, I feel like I have more energy. You know, I feel like it motivated me to make better choices. I walked through a Trader Joe's the other day, and there's so many, like, hands-touching things and being like, no, don't <laughs> do it, Stephen. So... A lot of those moments, but I'm glad I've lost six pounds since we made these goals, which is two weeks now. And like I said, you know, it's not easy, but I was 182 pounds and now I'm 176. Very nice. Good job, sir. Thank you. So hopefully I'm going to hit my goal of like 150, 145. I'm trying to get that like Brad Pitt fight club body, like where you can (laughs) just like lean over and like, you know, wash a shirt on your abs. Not going to happen. But I'm a pretty burly kid. I just want to, you know, make my jeans fit a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any update on your goal?
1: Update for me. Uh, potentially have Xanderwave for a show in Santa Barbara. Ooh. The cost to get down there... Is immense. ...might negate the actual profit. So currently debating in my head <laughs> whether or not that would be worth it, and if we can all take the trip down there.
0: Do you think that we could in a way, kind of sponsor the trip where we pay for gas and everyone just kind of chips in together and takes the blow down a little bit just so we get the experience. Quite
1: possibly. So I'm continuing. It's very, very preliminary stuff. So we'll see if we can get the ball rolling on that and if logistics pan out for where the kid's at in school as well. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal. Mm -hmm. Cool.
0: And hopefully we'll have another little gig that he's going to do up here in San Francisco. The more he gets his name out there, the more people are going to... Want him to come by? Yeah, we have a set date for my birthday. He'll be playing at my birthday. Oh, yeah. He killed Ben's birthday, so... Oh, yeah. You know, I'm excited to have, you know, everybody come together again and just dance and mm-hmm. hopefully drink Hennessy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, just want to say, since I wasn't able to jump on the last one, big thank you to Sam, Zandwave, for playing on my birthday. Hell, yeah. Um, Hell, his yeah. His set was My Musical Taste, Exemplified. Official yeah. yeah. It was... A lot so, of Drake. <laughs> so much Drake. And it was so awesome. Just imagine me in a corner, Bottle bottlehead, and seeing Drake playing. That's that. That's basically my, my surrounded Drake.
0: by some of your favorite people. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Austin Cairo. Shouts out to you. I know you listen to the podcast, but thanks for coming through. That was a lot of fun. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. Leave it at that, uh, Ghost Coast. Great goal <coughs> update. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm hearing more about that. Uh, the Santa Barbara thing could be really cool. And we're gonna get to uh, my favorite new segment on some real shit. Someone that I love is calling, and let's see if we can get him on. If not, we'll cut this out real quick. Yeah. On some real shit, Kyle Implement is calling us, and I'm trying to see if we can weasel him to say a couple of kind words to the podcast. What's up? What's up, guys? What's up, Kyle? Dude, I'm drinking wine. How are you, buddy?
2: I'm fantastic. I'm just hanging out in the beautiful Huntington Beach,
0: California. Oh, the hometown. Oh, boy, me. What are you doing uh, down yeah. down there? Just having a couple drinks, you know, hanging out with the lady. Ooh. Very nice uh, How's that going? We don't have to get into it But shout out to you for that It's, it's fantastic I couldn't be happier Oh wow Very That's nice. good to hear Me and Ben are both smiling Yeah So you H-
1: Happiest ever Happiest ever been in my life
0: Oh wow uh- uh- <laughs> I love that
1: Oh yeah Alright well dude You came in at the perfect time
0: We're in a segment in our show Called On Some Real Shit On Some Real Shit A yeah. uh, can be about anything it could be about anything. It could be, like, emotional, it could be just, like, about us, it could be about you, anything. It could be about on traffic. the realest
1: day, you should never be between the ages of 20 to 25 living in Orange County or Huntington Beach because it will be fucking self-destructive to your life and you will go nowhere.
0: <laughs> oh, that's the realest <laughs> thing anyone's ever said on the show. <laughs> Thank you, you for that. <laughs> boy, You will depend on
1: your parents forever. They will let you they'll give you just enough money so you can go to hurricanes and have two drinks and not get lazy and that will be your life until you turn twenty
0: eight and realize that you're gonna be working at a fucking dumpster truck or you're gonna be a bartender <laughs> at hurricanes. There's only two paths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I work at a dumpster truck and uh I night time at Hurricanes as a bartender. <laughs> and, I, and I
1: work at active.
0: <laughs> I work uh, so at act
1: that's, that's usually how it fucking goes. I'm gonna have to to come up to SF to collab on one of
0: these for real, for real. Oh, we would love it, dude. You have no idea. (laughs) we would welcome you with open arms. Oh, yeah. We could even do two shows. We could do two shows back then. I can't wait to fucking listen to this. I I, I gotta, I still, I'm still, I just finished episode one. I gotta listen to episode two. Looking forward to it. Well, you guys have a good fucking night. And Ben Hyman, I'll see you tomorrow. Esteban, I hope to see you very fucking soon. Alright, Bryce. See you you tomorrow. Alright, boys. See you. Thanks for calling in, Kyle. Peace. 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 On some real shit, Prince died today. Mm. Just some topical stuff. You know, when it happened, everyone at my work started... Everyone at work kind of knew, because people were coming up and telling them. And I told my boss, and the only thing he said to me is, Wait, the Prince died? What's wrong with the printer? And I said, said, Prince, Prince, sir. Um, But Purple Rain Forever, that album got so many spins in uh, Andrew Parsons' dad and his car. So... It's mm-hmm. a bummer. One of the best performers ever. That I saw. guy knows how to get a crowd going. So, mm-hmm. shouts out to you Prince. Game. Blouses. Nice.
1: Dang. On some real shit for me, been wondering for a while now, how do you control the demographic of a festival or a concert? There becomes a tipping point like you're seeing with Coachella now. Of course. It's bros, <laughs> it's models and there's no real indie underground up-and-coming scene anymore. You know, this year was a lot of recycled, a lot of just, like, guaranteed hitters for people who have money, when this isn't what it was traditionally, I think, created for. So it's really, really frustrating to see especially as an avid music lover myself.
0: I think the two weekends thing, you know, I went to Coachella when it was only one weekend, and then I went to the Coachella the next year when it was two weekends, and you could definitely see a downgrade in quality of bands showing up, because they have to go, you know, the it's a party, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, and that's why I think a lot of people do go there year after year after year, because they're just like, fuck it, you know, yeah. I'm famous, I'm going to go chill in the desert for two weeks and have the best time of my life with the same people. Yeah, And I think as a... As a <coughs> I think as a culture, a lot of people go to Coachella because they think it's a party. It is kind of the bro Burning Man in a way. But at the same time, there are still people that do go there and love music and do go there and love art. But it's kind of become drowned out in a way. Oh,
1: one more. some for shit. How do you stop people from pushing in crowds? Like when you're at a show and that person's like, I'm going to go to the front. I'm like, no, bitch, I'm going to smack you if you touch me one more time. Not really, but on some real shit, that's
0: really, really frustrating. It's frustrating for sure, but you just got to make a wall. Oh, yeah. You got to look at whoever's next to you. No matter where you're at, it could be any kind of show. Mm -hmm. You look at the person next to you and someone's trying to get past you. All you do is look at them in the eye and you both nod yes, and you just form that wall. Link arms. (laughs) Yep. You know, Red Rover, Red Rover, get the fuck out of the way. (laughs) So this is the part of the show where we like to get into some questions. You guys Mm -hmm. submitted a lot of questions this week. I might have one at the end if it uh, doesn't go too long. But for the most part, you guys really did a lot and submitted more questions than we can answer. So we want to make sure that we answer them. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of great questions, maybe four. Ben, Mm -hmm. go for it.
1: Just want to say, we, this week, it's just me and Steven. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no one's coming to the couch with us, even though today the couch is my bed. <laughs> uh, so, just me, me and Steven picking each other's brains over these questions.
0: Yeah, it's only us. It's a hostful episode. Hostful. We, it's a late night, and we just wanted to make sure that we got the episode out for you guys. So, the very first question, I'll start. Uh, we've got to make up a name, because this person didn't submit a name. Mm. Lancelot. Lancelot Spammy. Lance, yeah. Lancelot Spammy asks, age difference in relationships. Is an age difference of five plus years a deal breaker for a relationship? I'd like to start by saying I recently dated a girl that I was four years older than. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that five years is a big gap depending on how old you are. I think in college that can be a big gap, especially if they're in high school and you're like a senior. Mm-hmm. Or. You're not in college anymore and you find a girl that is a freshman in college. That can be a little bit weird. But I think in your 20s, once you start getting out there and stuff like that, I don't think it's that strange to date somebody as long as they're on the maturity level that you look for.
1: Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think once you leave high school, uh, the age barrier kind of disappears a little bit. Or I would even argue as soon as you hit 20. Yeah. Because there are still those times when the person is under
0: 21.
1: (laughs) Um, Shout out to my girlfriend because we had to do that for quite a while. Yeah. But you know you find alternative activities and it all works out. I I, I really think though that age really shouldn't matter. I've always been a person who's had older relationships. Uh, I've always been the young one in the relationships until my current relationship. As long as you guys are both on the same wavelength and Maturity maturity level and hold somewhat of the same values there really shouldn't be that much of a problem with five years.
0: Yeah, I don't think five years is that big of a deal if you guys see eye to eye on life. You know, the Mm -hmm. girl I dated was 19, so not even 20. And the 21 thing can be kind of weird from a social aspect. That's not really important. It's more how you guys communicate and also get along. Mm -hmm. So depending on your situation, which I don't really know for sure, I don't think it's that big of a deal breaker as long as you care about that person. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. It's also a little bit easier out here in San Francisco. Or if you go over to Europe or something like that. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I hope that helped you. Uh, Lancelot spammy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to answer your question. But we both kind of say if she's a good girl and you do care about her, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Just for entertainment's sake, flip it. Okay. What if it's the girl's five years older than the guy? Ooh. I think, you know, same kind of deal. She thinks that there's something about him where... She sees that he's mature. Maybe she is just someone who likes younger dudes, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with it.
1: Lancelot Spammy, you're
0: good in our book. Go go for it. Go for it, buddy. Our lady. Yeah. And now we're going to dive into a second question. This one uh, goes uh. deep. Uh, Ben's got a... He, let's let us yeah. have him read it. Go for it, Ben.
1: So this comes from an avid listener who just professed his love for our show over this weekend when I was with him in Coachella. woo uh, Mr. Steelyard Girl, a.k.a. Nine God, he states, First and foremost, I just have to say I've been a huge fan since day one, obviously. <laughs> been listening to you guys since your first episode all the way back when. Um, <laughs> thank you, Nine God. Second of all, obviously San Francisco is pretty much the mecca for young entrepreneurs and millionaires. I hope you guys are all in your business grind and doing the well nevertheless. I'm sure no millionaire, at least not yet. My question to you guys is, is it harder to pick is it harder picking up on girls in a city where so many people in our age group have so much more money than, say, the average guy does? I'm in my early 20s and doing pretty well for myself as far as finances go, but I couldn't compare to someone who's the same age and making a shit ton more
0: money than me. So basically what he's asking is, how do you get to go on a date or confidence to talk to somebody when there's so many people around that could possibly be making more money than you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that it doesn't really matter about how much money you make. I think it just matters how much passion you have for something that you care about.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I really think that if, if you're putting this in the context of San Francisco in specific,
0: they don't have that
1: much experience. But just what I've been able to observe from the outside is with just the huge influence of tech here, it kind of negates what money would do previously. Like you're not showing up in a fancy car, you're you're scrolling through your different apps and doing a whole screening process first before that even comes about. Yeah. And when the two people actually do meet up, I mean, if you take the initiative and do a low-budget date and that's a, and a, you kill it, then what's to say that some guy who has a lot more money is just a lot less creative than you?
0: So you uh, there's definitely upswings and downswings. I completely agree. I think any guy that chooses to take someone out or even a girl that chooses to take somebody out and... Go full-blown, extravagant, and stuff like that on a first date is kind of extreme. Mm -hmm. You know, go and grab a cup of coffee. Walk around a park, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Make memories doing something simple. Mm -hmm. You don't want to make the memory about what you're doing. You want to make it about who you're with.
1: And I think, too, there's this huge stigma about how much money you get from being in San Francisco. And, yes, there is a lot of money here in San Francisco. (laughs) But you also have to equate the cost of living and
0: just... yeah.
1: There, there, there is a lot of culture here and a lot of options. So if you want to do, if you want to delve into something and get creative with taking a significant other out, there's definitely the opportunity to do so. But
0: so basically, as we both kind of said, I think for your situation, Mr. Steeler Girl, if you're up here and you start living here and you're nervous about meeting women, I don't think it's a big deal. I think people are gonna hang out in areas that they want to hang out in and meet like-minded people. There is definitely a stigma in San Francisco where you either hang out in the marina or you hang out in the mission. It's kind of like the Mm. greasers and the preps in a weird way (laughs) in uh, our city. You're going to find people that you want to be around. That's the best part of San Francisco is there's a niche for everybody. And in that, you're going to find somebody that you most likely care about and someone that's like-minded.
1: You can honestly use tech up here in San Francisco to outsmart the guy who has more money than you. Or the girl. Whatever the case.
0: Confidence is key. And not only confidence, but showing some sort of, you know, real effort and also just not being a dick. It's okay to be nervous on a first date. Like, girls like that shit, you know, I feel. Like, show that you are kind of worried about how this goes. You know, some people go into it just not caring. I hung out with a lot of frat dudes a couple weekends ago, and they would just go up and talk to women. Like, we'd be at a bar, and they'd be like, yeah, She's pretty cute. And then two dudes would look at each other for 20 seconds and then just walk over and start talking to girls. And I I got like an anxiety attack just watching them. I was like, how does someone have confidence to go up to somebody like that? And they weren't being dicks or misogynists or anything. They were just chatting it up, having confidence. And mm-hmm. both of the times it didn't really work out for them, but they still had that step forward, which, you know, I just look at a girl and I'm like, she's pretty. I'm just going to leave her alone. <laughs>
1: Next part of Mr. Cereal's question, I'm going to abbreviate this because I know what he's trying to say, but this, <laughs> it's not you were sense. probably very drunk when you wrote this. Word. Your company really values you as a major asset and they want to transfer you to a new city under their company, but it's not a city that you love, but you know the company does not want to lose you. What do you do? So
0: for me, this might actually be my future job. My job kind of entails me running the coffee program at my company. We're only one store right now, but we're going to expand soon to a bigger company and I'm going to be traveling as new stores open up to help train people at first and also teach people coffee. It's going to go city to city to city and this is kind of the reason why I didn't want to pursue stand-up comedy is because if you do make it, it's a lot of traveling. It's like being an airline pilot and having a family. It can be weirdly hard. For me, I think it's going to be a cool job, and I'll definitely learn about myself, and I'm interested in traveling. So no matter what, I feel like if you do have to be transferred to a city for a big promotion, I don't think it's a big deal. I think you can find the beauty in almost any place you move. You just have to be open-minded.
1: I I just finished listening to this book uh, not too long ago. Uh, it's Love called- it.
0: Ben's Book Club. Yeah. Ba,
1: ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 Ben's Book
3: Club.
0: I'm going to start a book club. Audio book club. Audio book club. Yo, I listened to like seven hours of that. I, I loved it. Did you, uh do the people that actually author these books read it? See, that's my favorite thing is when they do. N- yeah.
1: Not many do. And when an author actually has a chance to read their own book, they just give a lot more inflection in areas that they know mean more than somebody who just walks up to the book. The Defining Decade, Why Your Twenties Matter by Meg J. And she talks about how there's this huge idea like you should want uh, to be traveling around in your early twenties, that like, you should yeah. be doing all who knows what, like you should be having a good time, like that's the time when you should go out and do it. But a huge part of that is that that they don't tell you is that you need to be building personal capital during those times. So even though this seems like kind of a scary move to go to a city that you're not too comfortable with, the personal capital that you're gaining by moving vertically in your company is invaluable for the in the point that you're at in your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, I feel like in your situation, you know, a city that people wouldn't really like is Cincinnati or Cleveland. Like, mm-hmm. my company's opening up in Cleveland. I've got to go there for three months, but. Uh, I work with Stumptown a lot, the coffee company. Shouts out to Stumptown. They're great. And a lot of dudes that I know that work for them get to go around and open up cafes. Uh, A guy I know, my friend David, he's in New Orleans right now opening up their new cafe. He's been there for three or four months. They they pay for him to kind of live there, and then he makes money off the top and gets to enjoy the area for a couple months, gets to know people. And I think for me and my company, it's going to be important to know Every store, every branch, and get to know at least some of the people there. So if there is ever a larger scale kind of meetup, I do know a good amount of people. hmm So I don't think it is where you live. Like I said, I think it's where you uh, have an open mind. And as long as you have an open mind anywhere, I think anywhere it can be beautiful. hmm
1: and just to tie it up with you, Mr. or Girl, if you have the opportunity and you have the will to make it happen, I say go full forward and do it. Hell yeah. Uh, your family will support you. And if they don't, they're assholes. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but it it's not permanent. And people know that. And once you're able to put that out into the world, that you're able to do that, then you know the world will send it right back to you.
0: So the next question was asked to us by Golden Boy. Shouts out to Golden Boy, Golden Boy Pizza in North Beach. I'm sure you've been there if you reference that in your email title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one of my favorite places in San Francisco. That's literally why one of the one third of the reasons why I moved here. It was Golden Boy Pizza, just living in the Bay Area, and also to run away from girls. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a great three motivations. <laughs> uh, but his question is. How often do you remind your loved ones, whether they be friends or family, that you appreciate them? If so, what do you think the best way to do this would be? Uh, Do you want to start, Ben? I know we kind of are on the same page about this. Definitely. Uh, For this in particular, I think a lot of people
1: have different approaches to this. And I don't ever think that... I do think that no friend group or family group is ever the same. Yeah. So it's going to be different for everybody. I remember when I first met Madison, my girlfriend... She had like, a group chat with all of her friends from home and they were always in contact and they were always chatting up with each other and I was so jealous, I never had that with any of my friends from Huntington. We and never I did like, it. Yeah, I, I was just like, why, uh, why wasn't this a thing for us, Like, I miss them and I wish we were a little bit closer. You know, our our appreciation for each other comes back together when we actually see each other and we actually get to talking about what's been going on and you know, it's it's that moment of uh, things haven't skipped a beat and you're able to go right from there. So. In in reference to friends, especially, it's different for everybody. So it's always make the effort that fits the group.
0: Just like how uh, we got a special call-in from Kyle Implement today, you know. Mm -hmm. It's, we pick it up just how we left it off. We haven't, I haven't personally talked to Kyle in maybe four months, but easy, you know. Mm -hmm. We're friends, and a good way to show each other that you appreciate each other is I send my best friends texts all the time just saying, like, I love you, or hey, I miss you, or anything like that. My closest friends I talk to on the phone at least, like, twice a month. And most of my friends don't live up here. And the friends that do live up here, you know, I hang up every phone call with, and I love you, or I'll see you soon, or anything like that. I think it's important to show people that you care. I think it's the best possible way to build bonds. It's not dapping and heading out. It's more like, you know kind of expressing yourself it's being open and also i think also
1: too there's there's no shame in just being overly loving yeah. to your friends like just give them a big hug like that's that's fine people who have too much of an ego to be like oh they're gonna think that i think this It's like no just, just hug yeah just hug them like man there's plenty of times that i kiss my friends you know it's <laughs> like whatever like big it's, it is what it is and it's it, and it's fun it's all fun and games and it's it's the best way to just like feel connected with
0: the people so yeah i mean i hadn't seen you in what like seven days four six days or anything like that like six and as soon as we saw each other we just hugged each other and we're just like i love you (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean i think the best way to possibly show people that you care about them is just speaking your mind Mm -hmm. and you know you don't have to be physical if you're not comfortable being physical but At least tell somebody that you truly do appreciate them. It's important to tell people that every once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know, you could work in a place where your boss never tells you that and you can feel like a piece of shit forever, but all of a sudden he comes back around and it's like, hey, you're doing a good job and it can mean the world to you. And Mm -hmm. as a friend, if someone took the time to tell me that they really cared about me or welcomed my opinion or anything like that, I'd take it as like, damn, dude, thank you very much. I appreciate you too. Mm -hmm.
1: And then shift gears to the family side. Call your moms more. Call her. Just, just a simple phone call, even if it's a minute long conversation, will light up anybody in your family's world. Hell yeah. I If your family's up to speed on text, my family is <laughs> a few generations behind. Like See? They are super old. I love them to death. So texting doesn't really get the point across always. Just give them a call. Even if you say nothing. Just them hearing your voice is like huge. So I think that's the best way to show your family that, that,
0: that you love them. Just give them a call. I completely agree. My mom actually discovered Facebook today. She commented on my Facebook being like, I think you're in Ben's podcast is super (laughs) great for your generation. Me and your dad are so proud. And she commented on a photo, not (laughs) not even just like posted on my wall, just, you know, super blasted me. But you know, I love you mom and I love you dad and I love my whole family. And you know, I probably don't talk to them as much, but I know that. Talking on the phone means the world to them. You know, I know calling my dad, it was his birthday last week and just getting a chance to talk to him about what the hell's going on with the Warriors and like mm-hmm. Kobe's last game and all that stuff. Like it, it means the world to him and I need to really start doing that often. You know, maybe I'll make that a part of my goal is to reach out to the people that fucking gave me life.
1: <laughs> yep, right. Uh, when, when, when I first started off answering this question, I was really like hung up on like, man, I didn't have certain aspects. And I just want to, like, come back to that and just say, like, you should be your own instigator. Like, if you want a closer connection with your family or friends, you just be the person. Because at the end of the day, no one's going to be like, yo, man, you're hitting me up too much. Like, you're showing me too much love. You show someone too much love, then
0: good on you because that's a a talent right there. (laughs) I wish my ex-girlfriend thought the same. (laughs) No, but it's completely true. And that's exactly what you just said. I need to take that advice and that therapy and be like, you know, call my fucking family every once in a while. They're so sick. (laughs) Like, my family's so open with each other. We all know everything about each other. We're comfortable doing the vices that we like around each other. And we're... I don't know. It's weird to be in a point in my life where I'm, like, the only one of my friends that has an open form of communication. You know, I could talk to my mom and dad about everything. My Mm -hmm. sister. We all do the dark arts. We all chill. We all, you know, have a weird relationship. And my parents are divorced and they're, like, best friends. I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? But... You know, I I love it at the same time. It's definitely a good place to be in after, like, all the stuff that my family's gone through.
1: Uh, Just to wrap up, uh, a little uh, tip for if you are struggling with uh, getting communication to family. Like, say, if your mom's hitting you up too much or you guys are lacking too, like... If it's on either end of the spectrum, a little nice way that me and my mom figured out was just sending a little emoji. doesn't matter what it is, and that just, like, lets the other person know that you're okay.
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, say you're raging it up in college, and (laughs) you're way, way not in (laughs) a place to talk on the phone. Just send a little turtle or uh, (laughs) something like that. And then then
0: the other person, uh, the the, the other loved one knows it. You're good. You're good. So things are moving slow, but you're good. Exactly. (laughs) What's your favorite emoji? Can we answer that? That's a question I would love to ask you. Do you have a favorite emoji? Uh, my favorite emoji is the index finger up. Up? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just the one. Do you have a skin tone that you <laughs> Oh yeah, I I do the full black. Full black? Yeah. All right. 100%. Full, you got to you got to Full go. tan. Full tan. Yeah. For me, I don't have the updated emoji app, so I get a lot of weird box question marks <laughs> and I'm always like, I don't know what you just wrapped up. That's <laughs> sick. So I think my favorite emoji probably is the green heart. That's my signature Mm. heart. Green lantern heart. Go for it. But Mm. I love the flame emoji. Fire emoji so fun. It's just anything. It it can apply to anything. Someone could be super sad and you're just like, fire. I agree with you. Flame. (laughs) La flame. I'm going to go into the final question from our listeners. Uh, We have to improv a name again. Okay. Give me the least favorite person you saw at Coachella. Mm. Like someone that disappointed you maybe. ASAP Rocky. Okay, and then who is your favorite person at Coachella? You said it earlier. Mm. I'm just going to throw out James Bay. James Bay? ASAP Bay Mm. asks, I'm an 18-year-old straight male. As we discussed (laughs) earlier, we love when people start off their questions like this. Thank you for the context clues. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, ASAP Bay asks, I'm an 18-year-old straight male, and I've never had a girlfriend. Mm. I know it shouldn't, but that fact really bothers me. In general, I'm very friendly, extroverted, funny guy, But the moment a conversation with a girl becomes anything more than friendly, I get very anxious and have no idea how to act or what to say. I thought going to college would somehow change this, but it's only gotten worse. How do you build up the confidence to initiate a conversation with someone you're interested in? Is there anything in your experience that helps you, or that helps make you more comfortable around people that you're attracted to? And this is a question that you and I have wanted to answer for a while. Uh This person, you know, I completely feel you on this, and I understand where you're coming from, so we want to make sure that we take time to answer this question, and Ben, do you have any advice for this guy? I mean, Mm -hmm. just let's answer the first question first, you know, how do you build confidence to initiate a conversation with someone that you're interested in? Well,
1: before even that part, the part where he says, I thought going to college would somehow change this, I think this is a very like Tony Robbins-ism type thing, but this idea that things get better when, or things get better at this point, or when I'm in this, this will happen. It's like, no. Not just because you're in college does that mean that your dynamic between the other's (coughs) gender is going to change. You have to change along with it. So first off, just your situation of being in college will do nothing for you except for expose you to a whole different world of people. Yeah. So your first step is to acknowledge that you are your own instigator here. 100%. And now to dive into your first question, how do you build up the confidence to initiate a conversation? This is all self-confidence. And even if you're stumbling through your first couple words, if you're able to get off the ground and at least find one common thing that you're able to talk to them about, it doesn't have to have the whole conversation then. Just open up the door, introduce yourself,
0: and take it from there. I think, you know, a part he also mentions in his question is, As soon as he realizes that there might be a little bit something more, he gets nervous or anxiety riddled. And I'm the same way. I could talk to a girl for a couple minutes and be like, oh, I've got everything I'm going to say. Or even just be like, I'm just going to wing it and see where it goes. But as soon as there's some sort of joking or banter or flirtation, it's definitely like a what? But at the same time, I think that that's a moment where you should realize that, wow, I'm joking with this girl I'm flirting with this person or guy and it's important that you kind of think like wow this is actually kind of working out you shouldn't immediately kind of regress into yourself or or feel bad about what you're doing if anything you're just having a standard conversation and it's becoming a little bit more and if that's something that you want don't retreat from it have confidence if this person who's asking this question is the person that I think they are I know for a fact that you're totally chill. I think you're one of the coolest people I've ever met, and I've only met you once. But for the most part, you just got to have that self-confidence. I know as someone who doesn't have a lot of it, that it can be hard sometimes, but if you do get in a conversation with someone that you're attracted to, don't make it weirdly known, but definitely let them know that, you know, you're talking to them for a reason.
1: And two... Some of my best friends haven't gotten their first girlfriend until the last couple months of college. Oh, yeah. So, just because you're 18 and just starting college and you haven't had a girlfriend yet, don't, don't be comparing yourself to a yardstick that literally
0: does not matter. 100%. I didn't lose my virginity until three days before I turned 19. Whoa! So, I went all through high school, all my friends talking about it. The first year of college, basically... No, college... My first year of college was over, and... I lost my virginity. So it doesn't it's not a race, buddy. It's literally mm. waiting till you find someone that you actually want to share that memory with.
1: So to tackle the other end of it, your question, is there anything in your experience that helps you become more comfortable around people that you're attracted to? Yes. And that is become that is coming equipped with things to already talk about. Okay. Uh even if you do lose some of them, it's like it's like preparing for for like a sporting event, you don't you don't go to the game without going to practice first. True. So if you at least have some things in your arsenal that you are already confident talking about or know something about that can at least get you off your own path of nervousness, or you know something you can just ramble on about. That's at least having sounds coming out of your mouth. Yeah. That's better than you just standing there and looking and not saying anything.
0: Yeah, I think when I talk to people or anything that helps me feel comfortable, it's being comfortable in yourself and just taking a deep breath and not worrying about where it's going to go. I think the person that is talking to you is getting to a point where they're letting you know that they might be attracted to you or that they're getting a little bit flirtatious or anything like that. It just makes me more comfortable knowing that this person is actually giving me the time of day mm-hmm. and really engaging me. And it could be at a party, it could be at a bar, it could be on a bus, like just, you know, someone gives you the time of day, give them the time of day and don't get too nervous because they're doing it hopefully for a reason. And if not enjoy the conversation, build off of it, gain off of it. It's like going to job interviews. You don't get four jobs, but you nail the fifth interview because you've had so many interviews. Exactly. Just like you said, it's all about practice. Exactly.
1: And two, I, I personally think that guy's a little bit more thick headed when it comes to flirtation. So if you're a guy and you're actually realizing that someone's flirting with you, that's a huge... You're like intelligent. <laughs> exactly. So you already have a lot more emotional intelligence than the person next to you. So if anything, just think of it as a compliment and try and channel it to a more positive place for you that you're actually able to realize this. Because a lot of guys will just stand there and be like, uh, I, I didn't
0: know. She liked me. I mean, Chelsea brought this up on another episode. She was literally like, guys are stupid, guys are dumb, they don't know when girls are hitting on them, and if they do, they kind of freak out. It's, it's true, you know? Just have confidence in yourself. I've definitely been in a situation where I tried and tried and tried again, and at the end, it worked out, and, you know, I embarrassed myself multiple times, but it got to a point where something beneficial happened, and it was all because, you know, I kind of knew that this person might sort of like me. So I think... In all, you need to have confidence in yourself and just know that you're a smart person and also the fact that you don't need to overthink things like this. You're going to find somebody that generally finds you interesting and also genuinely thinks that you're somebody that is worth talking to.
1: Definitely. And, two another thing you can think about is, at the end of the day, too, you're not losing anything in this battle. It's not like the... the- the other person's gonna walk away and be like oh my god he was trying to hit on me yeah it it's or it's not like you're
0: gonna like be negative one girlfriend so might as well just go out swinging that's exactly like bringing it back to the whole beginning of this when i talked about frat dudes completely like those dudes just go up and swing and if they swing one two three times and they're out then they're out and the girl's not gonna get upset hey why do girls go out Maybe to meet men, oh. maybe to hang out and just enjoy themselves, but maybe that's what the guys are doing too. And maybe, you know, you stumble upon somebody that you do care about and it's natural. And, you know, if you talk to 50 women and all of a sudden one of them says yes to liking you, then you're kind of like, chill. I did it. Exactly. <laughs> chill. So this is the part of the show where the listeners had their questions answered, and now I get to kind of unload something, and so does Ben. And my question to you, Ben, that's kind of been on my mind, and, you know, listeners, you can feel free to let me know how you feel about this as well. I went to the park the other day with a buddy of mine, and we met up with a mutual friend, and she brought a girl around that I've never met before. Uh, I've always thought that she was kind of cute, and she showed up, and we had a good time. I made her laugh, and... You know, I'm not trying to overthink it or anything like that, but is that an instance where I could text the mutual friend between me and this girl that I just met and let her know that I think that she's cute, or do you think that's too aggressive just hanging out for one time?
1: I do not think that is too aggressive from okay. hanging out for one time. I think that's actually, that's what Tinder wants to be, Okay. but it that's like the most foolproof method because if that friend's really your friend, they're going to give you the straight-up opinion from there, and then you you already know whether to proceed or not proceed.
0: Interesting.
1: So I think that if you hung out with the girl and she thought that you were funny and you thought it was reciprocated and you hit up the friend, the friend's like, yeah, definitely text her, then you're already in. And there's there's already so much that's insinuated from there. If the friend's just like, uh, yeah, but she well, yeah.
0: Then, I know what that means. <laughs> exactly.
1: So so you already know where that's going. I, I think it's just like a screaming layer that
0: it, no harm, no foul. 100%. I, I, You know, for me, it's more making it known. Like, we're going to watch Game of Thrones at their house this Sunday. So I think I might wait till after that. Because then, you know, we don't have to go back for another episode of Game of Thrones if we don't want to. Oh. And we're going camping this weekend. So we're going to come back Sunday night and go directly to their house. I'm going to see how it goes. Because it could have just been a one interaction thing. Like, wow, I never meet girls anymore from, like, mutual friends. It's more, like, out and. The random public where I get nervous just like how the previous question does and I'm just like yeah that was great I'll talk to you later or you know it's a situation where I know I might see this person again and we might be able to establish some sort of mm-hmm. rapport. But I do think that she's cute. I don't know. I'm so confused man. When it comes to this I, I get so nervous because I really don't want to make anything awkward between people especially like someone that I might be interacting with in the future.
1: I totally get where you're coming from there, but I personally just come from a background where I think if you do make a fool of yourself, it doesn't really bring you down at all. Like yeah, it just seems like yeah, you tried and like the like we were talking about earlier. You swing and you miss and it's not like you're gonna be looked down for it. It's just I think if anything you're gonna be looked up for it because you at least had the courage to go out and try.
0: I completely agree. I think I'll hang out one more time and then let her know. We'll, we'll let my friend know that I think that she's cute because w- what's going to happen if she knows that I think she's cute? Nothing. So I agree uh, completely with what you said. I, it's just about confidence, you know? Exactly. It's it's not like I'm even confessing to that person that I think they're cute. It's more just letting their friend know so maybe they could hook it up,
1: mm-hmm. per se. And I, and I hope, too, that listeners, when they tune in for this, that if anything that they can walk away with is just like, Even if it's the smallest amount, just like a little bit more confidence in going through their everyday life.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. That's something I definitely need to live by too. It's kind of confidence building just knowing Mm. that, you know, I can make somebody laugh again in Mm. a weird way. Because I haven't really done that to someone on like a non-kind of friend level, Mm. I guess you could say. I was about
1: to say, Steve, you make me laugh every day. I know.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I try. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... Thank you for helping me on that. And if you guys have any advice for me, feel free to let me know. And I have been talking to girls recently, which has been nice. Uh, shouts out to the pot queen. You know who you are. But it's it's cool to, I don't know, interact with people again and also kind of get my flow back. It's definitely helping me out a lot. So shouts out to everybody that's giving me your time of day.
1: So something that I've been thinking about lately, and this is a little bit of a departure from uh, the relationship
0: Let's do it. I love it.
1: World. And it's been kind of inspired by a few of my friends being involved in social activism and stuff like that. Interesting. Uh, So my question is, does awareness really bring about results? Or does action imply the only way to attain actual results? And the reason why I say this is, for instance, Prince today. Yeah. Right. Um, everywhere you see is RIP Prince. Prince was amazing. Prince did this. Prince did that. You see the awareness portion of it, right? Of course. But how many people are actually committing action to whatever Prince's foundation is or something like that? Going
0: to his house. Yeah. And yeah. I, mean, I mean,
1: like you can apply this to like global warming, especially, yeah. and to a lot of like big social issues at the time right now is it's so easy to click share and like and comment. But does that actually
0: do anything... Besides give you, like, a weird opiate high? Exactly. I mean, yeah, I, compl- I see what you're talking about. It's kind of like this Bernie Sanders thing, and I don't want to talk politics, but there's a lot of people talking about it, and there's a lot of people going out and rallying for it, and, you know, what, a year and a half ago, nobody really knew who Bernie Sanders was, and now he's a candidate in the Democratic Party. And when it comes to global warming and, you know, just the world in general, I have a couple friends recently that became vegan or are trying to be vegan just to make some sort of impact on the climate. So taking action, I don't know, in scale actually does anything. Because how many people have to stop eating meat for the meat industry to stop? Like everybody. And slaughter is going to happen. It's how the world turns. It's weird. So I think just knowing that ideals are out there and that people care for certain things is slightly enough to bring about at some level of awareness. And I think awareness is the greatest key for people is, you know, hey, being racist isn't sick. Like, Donald Trump is not sick. Mm -hmm. It's people know what's right and what's wrong. And if they don't, then maybe they're not people to be associated with.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to go against the opposite. And I think that there's just this huge vacuum of what awareness is trying to do for action and i don't think that where we're at either technologically or socially that that gap's been filled yet Mm. so i think there has to be a point where accessibility of awareness and information is there now but actually how we turn that into tangible results will actually do anything because even Even when you do, like, not to really talk politics, but even when you do see the rise of people like Donald Trump, you do see people come out of the woodwork that still identify with him, even though there is awareness around his campaign that these things are not...
0: The sickest. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's what what, uh, a bunch of Dayquil has been (laughs) proving me to start thinking about. I really hope to find out more about
0: that as I go throughout my life. And you fly home tomorrow to go to Passover. Yep. How, how's that going to be? What, what airline are you flying? I know this is a super in California question. But uh, Probably United. United? Probably, you haven't bought the ticket yet? <laughs> I have it. Oh, okay. I so you're going to probably fly United? You going yeah. to LAX? Uh, long Beach. Oh, Long Beach is the way to go. The best way to it's go. It's like going there. in the 1960s. Yeah. You get off the plane, you're like, I'm here. Exactly. Snapchat the shit out of it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, you know, I hope you have a great time over there. I mean. Thank f- you, sir.
1: Spend a, long, spend a whole weekend down in Huntington Beach. See See the fam. And just spend some time eating some good food.
0: What's your favorite three things in Huntington Beach? And this is a super local thing. Like, rapid fire. You don't even have to think about them.
1: Favorite three things. Fiesta Grill, 17th Street. And I have this one spot that's, like, this, like, little cliff part of. The cliffs? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and Bunny Hill bunny hill hell yeah that's a legendary spot thanks for right back at you three three or four favorite things
0: fiesta grill i mean i love (laughs) both of our number ones uh fiesta grill beach walk to be honest dude i love 17th street i can go up and down that whole street and find something that i love you know i grew up on 16th street so yeah so i hope you have a good time at passover thank you sir i hope you get to see some people that you care about and, you know, Kyle, thanks for calling in again, and mm-hmm. I hope you get to hang out with Ben, hopefully send me some Snapchats or something, make, make my weekend, oh, I'll yeah. be kicking it with Sam and Chelsea, and maybe grabbing some dinner of our own, and, you know, I'm glad that you're back. Thanks, sir. Can't I'm wait for next back. week, I, you know, I hope that we have a pretty sick guest, and we get to dive into some more questions. I know we've got plenty of them. Mm-hmm. And I know Sam will be back next week. And speaking of Sam, stay tuned at the end of this. After we plug it up, we have a, a new mix. Just Brand from him. Brand
1: new mix. Brand new
0: mix. I think this is a segment from the 420 mix that he played at the uh, the Soma food truck park for mm-hmm. Mirage. So uh, shout out to Mirage for putting that whole thing on again. And I'm excited to hear this little segment from Sam's mix. And yeah, so mm-hmm. do you have anything to plug off the top?
1: Uh, only thing that I have to plug is
0: that I feel like we forgot to tell people that we're not
1: therapists. 100% percent Uh, therapists. I want to make sure that that's always out on the show. <laughs> we have to put that just for the bylaws. Exactly. Uh, chag Sameach to all my, uh, Jewish brethren out in the world. Have a good Passover. Love it. I just want to get better. Uh, I feel <laughs> like my brain is operating at probably 35% right now. <laughs> so if I said some stupid things during this interview, I apologize. That's the combination of Advil, Dayquil, NyQuil, and some like nasal spray stuff so I don't sound absolutely horrible. And a bunch of pasta. A, and a bunch of pasta. Carbon up. Carbon Combo up. Loading, baby. Load it. Load it. Uh, so next week I'll, I'll come with a lot more interesting questions and find out some interesting stuff to spew at you guys. Yeah, listen to another audiobook. I I'm on my way. I'm actually I'm actually not sure if I'm gonna disclose the audiobook I'm listening to right now. Okay. It's it's about a historical figure, but the historical figure did some pretty bad shit. It's not. Is it Minecraft? <laughs> no, it is not. It's <laughs> not Mein Kampf. do But uh, I'll I'll take a week and decide. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody figures it out and posts it on Two Breakfast I'll release it. I'll I will say yes. Ben will send you some
0: BZs in the yeah.
1: I'll, I'll gift you this this i iBook if you
0: can guess it. Ooh, I love it. And you can always follow me on Twitter at Stephen Baker 8 Stephen, P-H, Baker is in the profession. Eight is in the number. And you can always follow the podcast at TBFT Podcast. And you can, you know, always tweet at us and let us know how you like the show. You can ask us questions there as well as going to our website at 2brokefortherapy.com where you can submit a question, find older episodes, uh, find out a little bit more about the show, and also where to follow people. We are posting the track list now to every mix that Xander oh, yeah. uh, Wave gives us from SoundCloud. And uh, <laughs> you know us. I love, I mean, goddamn. damn. I, I'm one of those guys. I listen to those mixes all the time. I open my cafe at 4.30 in the morning tomorrow, and I guarantee you I'll listen to a couple of Xander Wave's mix just because, like, you know, I get down. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's my, that's my friend.
1: That's my, my best friend. friend, best
0: friend. <laughs> Swagonometry. and And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. It's been great. And you know, this is our fourth episode. We've been doing this for a month and we have a lot of people subscribed. We just actually kind of found that out. So thank you guys so much for giving us the benefit. And if you could maybe toss us a five star rating or a four star rating or a three star rating or a two star rating or a one star rating you know uh, <laughs> on iTunes uh, it'd be a great help you got to do that through your computer i think but that would help us get a little bit more publicity and you know we don't charge anybody for the show so mm-hmm. a rating would go a long way our review mm-hmm.
1: and if you guys just have any recommendations on things that we, we can be doing better we're always looking to improve so always let us know what we're doing good what we're doing bad like i said in previous episodes i have no feelings so if you tell me I sound like shit, I'm probably going to agree with you anyways. So just send that our way.
0: <laughs> no emotions. Let us know that feedback. We we welcome it. We have, mm-hmm. we're, we're steel walls, right? Something like that. We're like colossus. We're like fuzzy steel walls. Fuzzy steel walls. Yeah, we have a lot of emotions. <laughs> you got to go through the fuzz to get to the steel. Uh, yeah. So like I said, you guys can always submit questions at 2brokefortherapy.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. And you can always follow Xander Wave at SoundCloud at Xander wave. XanderWave. wave. No, not on the HTML. If you want to search it, it's SoundCloud.com/slash x a n d e r w a v. But if you want to search them on like Twitter and stuff, it's definitely got the dot. Gotcha. So yeah, definitely check it out, guys. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. And once again, we are not therapists. We are not. Damn, I need you right now You can take your time, don't have to rush This might take us a while, yeah I left all the doors unlocked and you said You're on your way When you get here, don't you say
3: a word you Got no time, no play. I know you think that you know me But you ain't even seen my dark side It's supposed a feel So baby do it right, do me right We can go You be one. shit, you know what I'm saying, me and Lil' Duke, yeah, that little bro, who are you, I put it down for my people, ready to die for my people, we multiply with the people, i to shoot out for my people, we gon' take lights for these people, we gon' fly high like a eagle, that's all the hundreds of eagles, I know they bitches mistreat them, Stop. beat out that pussy no nerve in it. She's straight like a vermin Been let burn with the curtains Been let burn with the curtains Pussy clean ain't no jersey My pocket It look like a book with a worm in it I woke up, I prayed, then I hustled I roll up, I pull up, I shut it I pull up, I pull up, I made it. I pull up, I fall, I made it I lean, I lean on my luggage Got Aquafina, it's nothing I fuck that bitch while in London that bitch like I'm London. I, I pray it work for my people. You say you're not broke with me either. Man, I'm going so fly like a seagull. And I'm ready to die for my people. Whoa. Bitch, I'm a zone, out of zebra. I cook up this dope in no ether. Home school is all like a people. We not gonna let you mistreat them. Uh. Bitch, on the shit, fucking toilet. Ooh. If you can't stand on these cedar, run up a checking on glory. very on me, I'm a leader. Whoa, whoa. I was just smoking on Dojo. Niggas trick 'em and treat em. Yeah. Pour up a four in the party. We drop a 4 in the lead I pour up a 4 while he cook up the blow I just thought yeah, your yeah, whole pussy nigga you know I just got the blow uh, and they claim all the fuck uh, Got rest inside uh, my skin uh, and jeans and they poke uh, uh, No hooking no poking for nigga you're bogus I heard that you told it I heard that you wrote it I heard that they pay you to watch and you focus I put it down for my people I put it down for my people Up on my game, no never switch up, never switch up with the fame, no, never switch up, 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 no, never switch up, never switch up, switching lanes. never switch up, let it get to my brain, no. Never switch up, never switch up, never switch up, never switch up, never switch up. Never switch up, no. I stayed the same I stayed the same when I got to the We gon' be alright. right, do you hear me, do you feel me, we gon' be alright. right, right.
0: And Prince died today, yeah, that's some real shit too, you know. Mm.
1: I feel like people are more fucking shit up about Paul Walker dying than Prince. I was kinda of pissed about it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. My Twitter my Twitter today was pretty aggro on the Prince love. I'm glad someone fucking cared. Purple rain, man. Purple rain forever, dude. Yeah, man. My dearly beloved.